Welcome to the Vibrant Mind, Vibrant Life podcast. I'm your host, Sean Hill. My mission is to help you become the best version of yourself and live a life you truly love. I'll be sharing with you inspiration and practical tips on how you can use your mind to unlock your potential and become the vibrant person you were born to be. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Vibrant Mind, Vibrant Life podcast. I am your host, Sean Hill. Now, today I am going to be sharing with you a clip from the recent introduction to NLP and Timeline Therapy Masterclass that I held. Now, the reason that I'm sharing, there's two clips actually, and the reason that I'm sharing these two particular clips is firstly, many people will ask me, why learn NLP? Like, even if you're not sure what it is, it's why learn it? How is it going to help me? What's it all about? So the first thing that I speak to is why you would even care about NLP. What's it going to do for you? And then we dive into what's known as the NLP model of communication. Now, this is really fascinating. This explains why we behave the way in we do, where our behavior comes from. And the reason that's important is because so many people focus solely on making behavioral changes, on creating new habits, yet behavior doesn't just happen. There's a whole load of things that lead to the actions that we take. So during this clip, you'll discover what that is and also how you can then begin to make positive changes if the behavior that you're carrying out isn't giving you the results that you want. So listen in, if you do want to get hold of the full 90 minute masterclass where we dive into the belief cycle that keeps people stuck, self-sabotage, goal setting, why traditional goal setting doesn't work and so much more, plus how you can become an accredited coach in NLP, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy, then head to the link in the show notes where you'll be able to get hold of the masterclass for free. There'll also be a link if you know that becoming a a coach, I should say, is something that you want to do. I'll pop the link in there as well so you can find out more about my next program, which is starting this September. It's 12 weeks online. And during that time, not only will you experience transformational results yourself, but you'll then also leave with four accreditations and the tools to help others do the same. So enjoy. If you have any questions, let me know and I will catch you soon. Has everybody got an intention? fabulous. Okay, well, I want to uh, make sure at the end of the 90 minutes that you've achieved what you came here for. So with that in mind, let's dive in. So I suppose the first question that you might have is, why learn NLP? Why should you even care about NLP? Well, everything or nearly everything in life, I should say, comes with a user manual. Or if it doesn't, these days you can Google it. Now, when you're born, unfortunately, you don't get that same user manual for your mind. Well, NLP in my world is that manual. So it helps you to understand yourself, why you think the way you do, why you act the way you do, why you feel the way that you do. And if something isn't working, how you can then change it. See, telling yourself positive thoughts, telling yourself that you're going to do something, if you don't believe it, can almost drive you crazy, right? Has anybody done that when you're telling yourself, I will do it, I will do it. And the voice in your head is saying, yeah, who are you kidding? That just me. (laughs) See, if you don't believe something to be true and you keep telling yourself the opposite to it, it can sometimes reinforce those unwanted beliefs. So who here thinks it would be useful to know how you can begin to change negative thought patterns 
and be in control of your emotions. Sound good? Fabulous. Right then. Why else would you want to learn NLP? Well, has anybody here experienced what you could call like an inner tug of war? It's like you've got a battle going on in your head. One minute you think you can do something, the next minute you think you can't. Or part of you thinks one way, but then there's this other part of you that thinks another. Or it feels like you've got this split personality, like some places I'm confident, but then the next, another place, I'm like a completely different person. Or you find yourself being a bit inconsistent. Like one minute I'm really motivated and then the next minute I procrastinate. I've got the, the foot on the gas one day and then I've got it on the brake the next. Sound familiar? Yeah, well, NLP will help you to stop arguing with yourself, stop that internal battle and create alignment. Sound good? Okay then, so what about those habits and behaviours that you just can't seem to kick? You know, the ones that no matter how hard you try, maybe you start out the week really, really well and you're eating healthy and you stop biting your nails and, and then it gets to hump day and the motivation is wearing off and those old habits just seem to kick in. Whether you're watching TV, you're scrolling through your phone, you're going to bed later than you planned. And it just seems to be this never ending cycle of trying really hard and failing and trying really hard and failing. So would you like to know how you can begin to spot those triggers that start that behavior and change the habits that aren't working for you and replace them with the ones that are going to support you? And how about, last but not least, because there is many other things NLP can help you with, but your communication. Does anybody ever feel like you're talking to people and it's as if you're on two completely different planets? Like they just don't get what you're saying, whether it's your partner, your boss, your clients, your friends, or what about that internal chatter? Like the communication that you have with yourself, I'm sure that there are probably conversations that you have with yourself and things that you say to yourself that you would never say to anybody else. And yet you've made it okay to treat yourself that way. So would it be useful to know how to communicate effectively with anyone, even people that you don't like, and also change the communication with yourself? so that you can start to be nice to yourself. See, here's the thing, right? Life can feel pretty chaotic. And when you think about all of those things that are going on, the thoughts, the emotions, the internal tug of war, the unhelpful messages, the habits, the behaviors, you can see why it can feel like pretty hard work. And then somebody comes along to you along and says, do you know what you should do? You know, I've got the, the antidote here. You should set barrels. You should dream big. Now, for a minute, that may sound really, really exciting. In fact, you may even begin starting to take action. You may think, this is great. This is what I need to get away from all that chaos. But before long, those behaviors, those habits, those emotions, those beliefs, those negative thought patterns, they start to rear their head again. And the motivation wears off. And before you know it, you find yourself back where you started, or even worse, it's like you've proved to yourself, do you know what? I knew I couldn't do this. And now you've admitted that you want something. And it feels as though you can't have it. Can anyone relate to this? Whether it's for yourself or with clients that you're working with, if you're already coaching, where when you're excited, you're in that moment, that dream feels really compelling. And two weeks later, where's it gone? There's the old Sean again. There she is. Anyone relate to that? Cool. Now, 
NLP and timeline therapy is about working with both the conscious and the unconscious mind. It's turning that submarine around so it's pointing in the same direction as the rowing boat. It's pointing in the direction that you want to go. So both minds are on the same page. They're in alignment and they're congruent. And when that's ha- that happens, that's when things feel easy. So how then do you turn that submarine around? How do you get it on the same page? Well, to really understand this, first of all, I want to share with you where behavior actually comes from. Why is it that we do what we do? Why is it that some people, they just seem to find things really easy? They're motivated when other people aren't. Why is it that some people seem to have willpower when others don't? Why is it that some people believe in themselves? Why is it that they find getting certain results easy and other people don't? And why is it that we can all go to an event or have an experience and give two totally different accounts of it? It's like, were we even in the same room? Well, this is going to explain exactly that. Now, let me introduce you to the NLP model of communication. Whilst we go through this, I want you to think about it firstly in your own life and how this applies, and then we'll turn it around for when you're coaching with others as well. Okay, so external events are happening outside of us all the time. So this is everything that's happening outside of us all day, every day. And those events are processed through our five senses. So visual, auditory, kinesthetic, gustatory, and olfactory. Or to put more simply, it's what we see, hear, feel, taste, and smell. Our senses are being bombarded. We're receiving approximately 11 million bits of information per second. That is a lot of information. If you think of it a bit like, imagine 11 million jelly beans coming at you every second of the day. I don't mind jelly beans. I quite like them from time to time. Yeah, 11 million every second would be a lot. So too much for our conscious mind to process. It would go into overdrive. Fortunately, it's a clever piece of kit, our mind. So we put it through a process. We take those 11 million bits and we do three things to filter through them. We delete many of them. We distort some of them and we generalize them. So let's go through each of those. Delete. Many of those jelly beans, many of those bits of information, we will be completely oblivious to. Touched on them earlier, the temperature of your breath, the sounds in the distance, they're all happening, yet they may not be in your awareness at all. Then we distort. This is when, have you had an experience where A leaf blows past and you think it's a spider. Or you see a rope and you think it's a snake. Or you know when you're at home alone and you hear the the boiler creak and you think there's a burglar in the house. And even though you know it's not true, your heart pumps. (laughs) You start sweating and it feels like it's real. It's just a distortion. So we distort many things. In fact, compliments can often be distorted. And people may think that you're being sarcastic. And it's like, be nice, but people will distort it and then generalize. So this is where we put things into chunks of information to make it manageable. So let me use seats for an example. Every time you sit on a chair, whether it's an office chair, a sofa, your car seat, a park bench, you don't have to consciously think to yourself, what is this thing that is here that I can sit on? Is it a piece of seating? You've just generalized it 
so that you know this is a seat, whether it's comfortable or not, you can sit on it. So it chunks it into manageable pieces of information. So the, the question then is, which bits of all those 11 million bits that are coming at you, which bits do you delete, which bits do you distort, and which bits do you generalize? How does your brain decide which bits you're going to leave out and which bits you're not? Well, it does it based on what's known as your model of the world. And we all have our own unique model of the world. It's made up of these things. Time, space, energy, and matter. Language, memories, decisions, values, beliefs, metaprogrammed attitudes. Let's go through each of those individually. Time, space, energy, and matter. Everybody has their own unique views on this. We all experience time differently. We perceive it differently. And energy, matter, again, depending on what exposure you've had to that, you may well view things differently. Some people have a very linear view of time. Other people see it in a slightly different way. That's a kind of massive topic in and of itself. Language. Different words have different meaning to different people. So depending on what those words mean to us and the labels that we give them will determine how we perceive the world. And there are studies that show if for people who are bilingual, depending on which language you're speaking or thinking in, it will change your experience of it, which is interesting. I only speak one language, so I don't have the ability to comment <laughs> yet from studies of people that can. And actually people that I've trained in the past, they've said it's very, very true. Memories. We all have very unique memories. No two people's memories will ever be the same. And our memories that we have from the past will influence which bits of the reality we see today. Our decisions, again, decisions that we've made in the past will influence the decisions that we make today, thinking about whether they're good or bad. Did they work? Did they not? Our values. Now, values are the drivers in life. Our values are what gives us motivation. They give us upfront motivation. They're what we look to fulfill, what we're willing to invest our time and energy into. And they're also how we evaluate the actions that we've taken. Kind of after the event, we look back and say, was it good or bad? Was it wrong or right? Based on what's important to us. And we have values for every area of life, for our career, our health and fitness, our relationships. Everything we do has values to it. Now, interestingly, your values aren't necessarily what you want them to be. They're often driven from past negative events where things become important to us. Let me give you an example so you can understand what I mean by that. Say in a relationship, somebody has a value of honesty or trust, and that's really high up in their values. You'll usually find it's driven off the back of an event where there was mistrust or somebody was dishonest. Let's say somebody lied. And because of that, there was a negative emotion that was created off the back of it or a belief where this is now important to me because I, I don't want to experience that again. So it's driven all by what we don't want to have rather than what we do want to have. Then we have our beliefs. So our beliefs are what we believe to be true or not. Then our metaprograms, which are a fancy word for our personality type. Now, many of you may be familiar with the Myers-Briggs uh, type indicator. There's lots of personality tests that you can do, particularly in business. Within that, there are four basic metaprograms. So there's introvert, extrovert, judge or perceiver. You may be familiar with some of those or not. 
Metaprograms are the four basic and then also 19 complex metaprograms. So this is where you really get to understand how people process the world. You can begin to accurately predict the results that they'll get, the behavior that they carry out in some really interesting ways. For example, you can predict when you know metaprograms how long somebody's likely to stay in a job for. Fascinating when it comes to relationships. And also if you're a manager in, in, in any capacity, this is really powerful stuff. In life, we're often taught to treat people how we want to be treated. The issue with that is that how we want to be treated may not be how other people want to be treated. So I say treat people how they want to be treated. Then finally on the list is attitudes. Good attitude, bad attitude, hardworking attitude, a lazy attitude. So it's kind of it, our attitudes encompass all of those things together and give that general attitude towards life. So everybody's model of the world is made up of those things and every single person's will be different. To backtrack for a second, 11 million bits of information bombarding your senses, everything you see, hear, feel, smell and taste every single second of the day. Way too much to process. So your brain goes, right, I'm going to delete, distort and generalize this information based on my model of the world, based on my beliefs, based on my memories, based on my values. What then happens? You are left with, from that 11 million bits, you are left with 126 bits of information. So you've taken that 11 million bits, you've deleted, distorted and generalized it and you are left with 126 bits. Now, here's why this is important. No two people's 126 bits will ever be the same because we all have our own model of the world. So this is why no two people ever experience reality in the same way. And it's why two people can go to an event and say, that didn't happen. Oh, you talking? He didn't say that. Because maybe they deleted it. Maybe they distorted it and heard it differently. The 126 bits that we're left with is what people call reality. That is the view from the rowing boat. That is the bit that we observe and we see and we think is real. Where really there is 10 million and something bits of other information that is available to us. Now, that 126 bits makes up, it creates what's known as an internal representation, which is the pictures that we create in our mind. It's the sounds, the feelings, maybe even the smells, the tastes. And at this point, it also creates our self-talk. So this is our thoughts. It's how we have interpreted, how we're internally experiencing the outside world. We've taken all that information and it's in our head. And this is the thing that we're saying is real because that's our experience of it. Now, that internal representation is linked to our state, which is the way that we feel. And the way that we feel is linked to our physiology, which is how we display out to the world, how we hold ourselves physically. Now, all of these three are linked. So 
if your internal representation changes, if that picture in your mind changes, the way you feel will change and you'll hold yourself differently. If you feel differently, you'll hold yourself differently and the pictures will change. And if you hold yourself differently, you feel differently and the pictures change. So when one changes, the others must change too. And you only have to think about this. Let's say, for example, you see somebody who's maybe shoulders down, looking down, shallow breathing, head down. You could guess that that person probably isn't thinking the thoughts and feeling the same way as the person who's got the shoulders back, their hands on their hips, their head held high, their mouth is in an up, turned upwards in a smiling position. They're breathing deeply. You could take a good guess that they've got a different picture and a different feeling going on. Now, this is really useful for yourself and for people that you're working with to know because if ever you're feeling in an unresourceful moment, you can pull on any one of these three. So if you find yourself in any moment feeling not so great, it may be that in that moment you decide, right, I'm just going to change my physiology. I'm going to shift the way that I'm holding myself. I'm going to breathe more deeply and you will feel differently. NLP gives you the tools to be able to change the internal representations on purpose to create different pictures automatically in your mind. It also gives you tools to be in control of your state instantly so you can really tap into that feeling of resourcefulness in any moment and how you can use your physiology to shift those feelings as well. Now, the reason, the, the ultimate reason that all of this is really important is because all of this leads to the behavior that you carry out, the action that you take, which is what gives you the results in life. Now, when it comes to many coaching models and as people in life generally, what we often do, because it's the obvious place to go, is to write, I want to create a certain result. This is the thing I want. So what behavior do I have to change? What action do I have to take to make it happen? The issue is the behavior is the end result of everything that followed. That's like the last thing that happens. NLP and timeline therapy are about working with the internal filters. They're about changing the model of the world, the beliefs, the decisions, the values, the memories, the metaprograms, so that the internal representation, the bits that you're deleting, distorting, and generalized change, and you start noticing things differently, and the thoughts in your mind are different, and you feel different, and you show up differently, and then the behavior is just the end result. That just happens by itself. So it can be that maybe you find yourself doing this at times, almost working backwards, which is really working the behavior is often working with the conscious mind, attempting to shift it consciously, attempting to row that boat in a different direction rather than diving in to the submarine and making those changes. Now, the reason that this is important when it comes to coaching is because we all have, as you can now appreciate, our own model of the world, our own version of reality. And when a client comes to us, what can often happen is that we apply our version of reality onto their problem with good intention. So let's say a client comes to you and they've been struggling with confidence and you're a coach that maybe 
has struggled with confidence yourself in the past. Maybe you still do at times. Maybe you've had many clients who have struggled with confidence. So the risk is that you can then end up applying that problem, your version of that problem onto your clients and almost saying or thinking, I totally get it. I was just the same. I know exactly what you mean. I know how that feels. I've been there. And let me tell you, and it's all done with good intentions. The issue is though, that when you work that way, what you're doing, the coach is then working on their version of the problem, on their problem and not the client's problem. Because we all have unique realities and the way that one person does a problem is not going to be the same as the way that another person does a problem. Their beliefs, their internal dialogues, their way of thinking will be different to everybody else. So being a really powerful coach is about suspending your own version of reality, forgetting about it completely, meeting a client in their world, understanding how they do the problem. And then only then do you help them to change it bit by bit. To go back to the earlier point, remember when I said that with good intention, people come along and say, goals. Now imagine if somebody comes along and says, let's set goals and get excited. And your client is over here. And in their model of the world, they're struggling to get out of bed in the morning. It's like that is too big a jump. And when it's too big a jump, it can feel overwhelming. It feels unachievable. So for your own sanity and for the benefits of your clients and the results that they get, that's why it's important to meet them in their world, in their model of the world and work from there to make the changes to take them to where it is they want to go. Thank you so much for listening. You really are the reason that this podcast exists. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate you leaving a review and make sure that you follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'll see you there.